Welcome to Redefining Balance for Working Moms podcast. This is episode 185, Teaching Kids Healthy Friendships with Dr. Maylin Griffiths. Welcome to Redefining Balance for Working Moms podcast, where we believe life balance is possible. Uh, Yes, even for you. You might just have to redefine what it looks like for yourself. I'm your host, fellow working mom and founder of Your Life Rocks, Jenny Stemmerman. Each week, I'll bring you practical, real-life tips to help you focus on the things that matter most in life and be the best version of yourself in every area that God has called you to. Ready to redefine what balance looks like for you and your life? Let's go. Hey there, welcome to the show. I am so excited that you are here today because we have some great information for you today from our special guest that honestly, you guys, is gonna make you feel like you are rocking at this mom stuff because being a parent is hard. As a working mom, you know, when we're trying to balance all of the different things that life is throwing at us, we can often feel like we're failing in one area or another. And if you're like me, often that area is being a parent because You can read all the books, you can listen to all the experts, but until you're in the thick of it, you just don't know. You just don't know what you're doing. And so it's when you're in that thick of it that you really need a coach to come alongside you who knows their stuff and can really guide you in the right direction. And that is exactly our guest for today's episode. Now, before we get started into my interview with our special guest today, I want to share with you some new and exciting things that we have going on inside of Life Balance Membership. Now, if you've listened to the show for a while, then you know all about the Your Life Rocks app. You can go into iTunes or into Google Play and download the Your Life Rocks app right now. Even while you're listening to the show, you don't even have to pause it. You can just go out of the show and go and download the app. Inside the app, you're going to have our monthly lifestyle guide. Think of it as like a digital magazine in a way that's going to help you in all eight areas. It's totally designed for working Christian moms. Plus, you're going to get free courses all of the podcasts, and so much more. Now, inside of the app, you can also upgrade to Life Balance Membership. Now, Life Balance Membership is the place to get all of the courses to teach you the systems to create more balance in your life. You'll also have access to our Bible studies, our community group, our monthly group coaching, podcast bonuses, and so much more. And I'm so excited to announce that now all of the information inside the app you can also find on our website. So you can now join Life Balance membership by either upgrading inside the Your Life Rocks app or go to yourliferocks.com and you can sign up there and have access to all of the great membership information on your computer as well as in the palm of your hand. I mean, you don't even have to choose app or computer. You will have access to both at the exact same time, regardless of how you get started into the membership. Because I know like ease of access is so important when you have a million things going on in your life, like I know you all do. So now we've made it even easier for you to access all of the content, and I hope that you go and check it out. You can start a free seven-day trial by either going to yourliferocks.com and signing up, or you can upgrade right inside your app and get the seven-day free trial there. All right, you guys, our guest today is so brilliant. I'm so excited to be introducing her to you. Her name is Dr. Maylin Griffiths, and she is the brilliance behind RaisingCharacter.com. 
Now, in today's episode, we're not only just going to be talking about raising character in your kids, which is such a great and important topic, but also in how to help your kids cultivate great friendships, because that is a lifelong skill that I think we all agree everyone needs to learn. But how in the world do you teach your kids how to foster those relationships, how to create those relationships and how to keep them going? And our guest today, Dr. Maylin, walks us through step by step on how you can guide your kids through this process. Now, what I love about everything that Dr. Maylin shares with us today is that it's really building up our skills as parents, and those skills can translate into all areas of parenting. And she knows what she's talking about. Dr. Maylin is a wife, a mother, and a clinical child psychologist. She spent the past 12 years working with children and families in inpatient units, residential settings, and in outpatient care. Through her clinical work, she discovered everyone is really just doing the best they can for the children that they care most about. Isn't that true? Now, through her personal experience as a mom, she discovered that parenting is hard, like really hard. We all know that, right? Like it's just not as easy as the books always make it sound like it should be. But she also discovered by being a mom herself that being proactive rather than reactive has made a huge difference in her confidence as a parent and her relationship with her children. And I think that innately, that's what we all want, right? We want to be able to have that confidence as a parent and not sit there thinking, I don't know what I'm doing. Now, Dr. Maylin developed raising character as a way of integrating clinical knowledge and proactive parenting with the belief that raising children should be fun, enjoyable, and memorable. She's on a mission to raise children we all will admire as adults. And I think that is our number one goal as parents ourselves, as moms, that we want to be able to raise awesome adults. We talked about that last week when we were talking about weekly prep for our kids. Remember, we are not raising children. We are raising adults. And in today's episode, Dr. Maylin is fully going to equip us to do just that and to help our kids foster amazing friendships for themselves. So without further ado, let's get into my interview with Dr. Maylin. Dr. Malin, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today to talk all about friendships and character and our kids and all of that good stuff. But before we dive into all of your brilliance that you've prepared for us, share with us a little bit more about who you are. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So I think as mentioned, I'm a clinical child psychologist, but I'm also a mother of two. I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old who have sort of turned everything I thought I knew upside down and really pushed me into more proactive parenting skills. And so I've taken my clinical knowledge, my teaching knowledge, and my actual practical parenting knowledge and combined them all together and created Raising Character, where I focus on teaching parents how to show their children the value of character skills. And we do it in a very fun, positive, proactive way to help avoid some of those bigger fires later down the road. Oh my gosh. I love that you started off just by saying that like being an actual parent turned everything you knew upside down. Because I think that so many times, whether it's a, someone is a psychologist or they're trained in the field, or it's just, you know, like my brother-in-law just had his first babies and he always had his own opinions on how he was going to raise his kids. And now that he has his own, you know, it's a little bit of a different story because you just don't know until you start walking the walk of parenting. So I love that you started off even just sharing that. I think it just allows so much grace for the rest of us that are like, I don't know what I'm doing with having kids. 
Oh, I so relate to that. I remember recommending parents read books and I would come back the next week and be like, I cannot believe they didn't read that book that I gave them. It exploded <laughs> with such great resources. And now I know, like I can barely even, I mean, the books in my house are used as like, you know, toy, we use them in like, uh, gosh, forts that we build and uh-huh. toys that have like drinks and sippy cups all over them. And so I just, I get it. I just, I really get it now that what seems easy to do is much more difficult when you're actually doing it. Oh, I love it. And the thing that I love too about everything that you do, and I've been on your website and watched a ton of your videos and I'm a huge fan of your work, but you know, you talk a lot about the proactive parenting and and everything we talk about on this podcast is really about proactive living and really being intentional about the things that you're doing. And that's what I love so much about your perspective on parenting is it really is being proactive about what it is that you're doing and raising adults and, and, you know, the way that you're really training up your kids in the way that they should go, which I I absolutely love that you do that. Now, a lot of the things that you do is about character. And I think we can all agree, like even as I was preparing for this interview, I was thinking, well, of course I want to raise children of good character, but what does that even mean? Like we, we know that that's what we want, but what does character really mean when we're thinking about how we're raising our kids? Oh, that's such a great question. And I know when you Google character, so many different things come up. And yeah. really for me, it's it's how you behave when you're not expected to behave a certain way or when no one's watching, kind of that, you know, what do you do when it's just you and you're just left alone? And how do you treat people when you don't get a reward for treating them kindly? And, you know, if there's trash on the floor, do you pick it up and throw it away? And if you see someone getting pushed in the hallway, do you say something? And if a situation is ambiguous and you can't figure it out, are you inclined to look at it in a positive way? When you get these big, huge emotions, are you able to calm yourself down? So it's a real big bucket of lots of things. And there are so many books that talk about all the different types of character. And for me, it's just this kind of well-rounded approach of, are you someone that we will admire as an adult and someone that a parent will go, gosh, I am so proud of this kiddo that I raised. And, you know, so it really kind of encompasses a lot of different types of traits. And I think those are very specific to the actual child. And that's something I thought was really interesting when I first went to your site, because again, of course, I want to have my kids have great character. But then when I was looking on your website and seeing those different types, I thought, oh gosh, I hadn't really thought about character linking in with, you know, being a creator or or some of these other types. So share with us a little bit about what those types are. I know you have a a great quiz on your website too, that parents can take to help them identify their character strengths. Thanks. Yeah. And so coming from a place of strengths is the idea that if we think about early temperament and especially for parents with multiple kids, all of your kids are probably very different with their temperament. Some are you know, more energy and some are more laid back and some may have slept easier and some may have been more difficult to soothe. So kids are born with this innate temperament and research shows that it's affected by the environment, that kind of nature nurture topic. But what I like to do is to pull out the individual child's strengths. So going based on what do we know about that specific child and what they're good at and over my work of working with lots and lots of kids and, and not that kids fall into just four categories, but I've seen these four individual areas of strengths for kids. And I like to use that to pull out ways to teach them. So my quiz that I have on my website gives you four different outputs. And one is a creator. The other is an adventurer. The other is a problem solver. And then last is a peacemaker. And so once you know what your kid is more inclined to do, I like to use that strength to then build these character skills. 
So for example, my son is a creator and he loves to use his creative imagination. And we use that creative side of him to build strengths like optimism and self-control and compassion. My nephew is much more of a problem solver. He's a deep thinker. And so we'll use that deep thinker strength of his to build on those character skills of integrity and confidence and gratitude. I love that. So I took the quiz for both of my two boys and one of them was a problem solver and the other one was a creator. So those are their natural strengths. As a parent, do you recommend like once someone goes to your website, they take the quiz they figure out kind of which category their child falls into when they're looking at your additional resources to to develop that character, do you recommend that they kind of go deep into that one area or Like, for example, my creator child could be a little bit more adventurous. I mean, like some of the questions I was like, well, it kind of could go either way, but this is probably the majority of the time. Or is it important to kind of help them spread out and, and develop some other strengths in those other areas? That's such a great question. Yeah, I think, you know, well rounded kids probably make for the best outcomes. But what I think is we want kids to be successful. And so if we're using these proactive problem solving strategies, we want them to fall back on things they're good at. Just like you or I probably pick a profession of things that we're good at doing. And, you know, we see when people are frustrated with their jobs, it's usually because they've picked a profession that doesn't fit their character strengths. It doesn't fit what they're really good at doing. And so if you know your child's inclined to be more of an adventure or a creator, I like to use those strategies to build on those skills and then absolutely expanding them because maybe there are some times where you said your kid might be more of an explorer and might like to be out in the world and go on scavenger hunts and they can use that creative side of them to also explore their kind of adventure side. Yeah. And I think that this is so important too, as we're looking at at these different character strengths and going wide and helping them be more well-rounded because we're talking about friendships today. And not everyone that they encounter in their friendships are going to be like them. I mean, my my oldest is going to be 14 in a couple of weeks, which I cannot even believe. And my youngest is going to be 10. It's interesting. They have the exact same birthday, four years apart. So oh, wow. April 21st is going to, yeah, it's so bizarre. But anyway, you know, both of them have struggled throughout their life in making friends. And there's been seasons where they've had really great friends. And then there's been seasons where they've really had a hard time. And I can see that now looking at it through the lens of my older son, for example, being a problem solver, he's not always looking to solve problems in a way that are like taking into account other people's feelings. <laughs> it's more about just very analytical thinking yeah. and kind of getting it done. And and sometimes that bulldozes over other people's emotions and can cause hurt feelings really easily. So as we're talking about building these friendships or, or teaching our kids how to cultivate these friendships, I think it's important to have that solid background of the character. How do you see those two kind of going hand in hand? Well, that was just a really great example you gave. So some people might see, gosh, it's too logical and he's not getting the emotional side of it. He's a thinker, he's a problem solver, and he's just missing that value. And really what I like to do is flip that around. That's an incredible strength of his. So he has this ability to see things a bit differently than somebody who's coming in with these high, heavy emotions. And so I might tell him, you're a problem solver. You can solve these problems. You're really good at this. It seems like you're having some conflict with so-and-so. Let's figure out the best way to go about this. And so using that thinker problem solver strength of his to go through these problems. Mm, That's so good. And the thing I love about this too is that we were talking before we started recording, you know, when we're talking about cultivating friendships and teaching our kids the art, I think it's mostly like an art 
of cultivating a friendship, it's really that lifelong skill that's so important that they have. I mean, even as an adult, it's hard <laughs> to find, you know, good friends that you can trust and to be able to have the time to, you know, cultivate those friendships, but to build that skill early on in life and carry it into your adulthood, I think is so important. So talk to us first about values. I know that that's like one of those first key points that you have in helping kids find and create those types of friendships. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's actually, there's a lot of research that's been done on stages of friendship. And so we know that, you know, three, four and five-year-olds aren't going to have the same level of friendship as, you know, 14, 15, 16 year olds. And that will also change when you're looking at friendships, when you're, you know, in your twenties or in your thirties. So there's a lot of research that's been done on how our friendships evolve. And most of that is based on our needs. So think about, you know, a three and four-year-old, they need someone who's going to roll a truck on the ground with them, you know, and a 30-year-old might need someone who's going to be able to be there for them when they are, you know, needing meals prep for them or they've had a new baby or, you know, so those, the kind of needs of the friendship differ. But what I don't, I think kind of stays true throughout all of that is those values. Do we have the same values and are we a good match as friends? And that's where we can pull in some of these character skills too. So when I talk about building healthy relationships and friendships, I want you to be able to identify what's important to you. What are your family's values? What are your child's values? And then why are these values important to you? So really sitting down and having that conversation. And I like to use those words. So we sit down and we say, gosh, what are, let's write them down. What are our family's values? And, and what are the values that you think are important to you? Because those don't have to be the same as the values. The, the child's values can be very different from the families if they choose. I love that you talk about sitting down and talking about what those values are. At what age do you feel like it's appropriate to ask your kids what they value and when are they able to really understand and articulate that? Well, I, I might say my four-year-old is the guinea pig in all of this, but he, he does it with <laughs> us. So I, I mean, as young as four, we sit down at the dinner time and we talk about what values are and what they mean and, and what his values are and what our values are. And, and sometimes his values change on kind of more tangible things, but we really try our best to focus on values don't need to be tangible. They can be things like kindness and ways that you treat, like experiences, maybe ways that you treat other people. So I've, I've had this conversation with my four-year-old and he gets it. He has pretty open conversations with us about his values. So I think it can be done at you know, any, any age that your child is verbal. I love it. I love too that you like, don't wait. Like you just approach it right there at the four-year-olds. I'm always amazed. And I was always amazed as my kids were growing up that how advanced they were in connecting to their emotions or articulating their wants or needs if you gave them the opportunity to do so. I think sometimes we just assume like, oh, well, they're too little to understand or they're too little to get it when really they totally get it probably more so than when they get older. Yeah. And I guess you'll know if they don't get it, right? If they're sort of looking at you confused and you can always break this down into smaller pieces. You like it when people are kind, you like to be kind. So kindness is a value. Well, let's talk about creativity. We just, you know, you really love being creative and you're so great at painting and coloring. And so being creative is a value of yours. And, and so kind of you're the gatekeeper there of assigning those words that creativity is a value of yours. Kindness is a value of yours. So helping them understand what, what that even means. Mm, that's so great. I love that. All right. So once we've kind of established what those values are on the family level, what they value, why it's important. I think that that's such a great question to ask too, is why that's important to them. So then let's talk about the behaviors next. 
Well, so yeah, so once we have our values outlined, and, and I'll spend a little bit of time front loading that discussion. So as we said, it's a pretty easy conversation to have, and they know them, and you know them, and they're written down, and maybe we review them. But then we want to talk about behaviors. And we'll want to know what behaviors show these values. So for example, if kindness is one of the values we've been talking about, then what behaviors show kindness? And again, kids as young as three and four can understand this. And kindness also will change as your child's getting older. So for example, your 14-year-old might have a different definition of kindness than a four-year-old might have. You know, talking about social media being so big for a lot of these kids too. That changes a lot when we talk about kindness and inclusion and things that people say about one another. And so that would be a behavior about that value, kindness. Mm, That's so good. And I think that that's, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking like, yeah, it does really kind of morph and evolve. I mean, and even going back to the characters and and their main strengths. I mean, my son, who's a problem solver, again, he's very analytical. For him, kindness is you know, being very truthful to people. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Where like my creative younger son, kindness might be just making people feel good. And that might not always be, you know, being completely honest. So very different in just the way that they value and also taking into account their characters and their strengths of character. But, and so this is how friendships are different because, so let's say you have two kids and they're so different. They both have the same value of kindness but behaviors that show kindness are different for each of them. They're going to seek out different friends. So your 14 year old is going to seek out friends who are honest with him and who are trustworthy and who, you know, give it to him straight where your younger son might choose to have kids who are wanting to share their toy, you know, share their artwork with them or share their supplies with them or go out in the world and explore. And so they have the same values. They, they understand that behaviors are linked to values, but then they're going to seek out different types of friends. Yeah. And I really like this. And I love how you link those two together when you're looking at the different types of friendships and the different levels of friendships as well. So talk to us a little bit more about when we're linking those things together and how we can really seek out those relationships. Absolutely. And so, so what I want to do is then link those two things together. So we want to look for friends that show behaviors that we value. And, and from this positive strength-based perspective, I'm not really going to get into these discussions of force or, you know, you can't be friends with this person or I don't like that person. What I want to do is go the opposite way and say, are your friends' behaviors consistent with the values that are important to you? And so when I have that conversation with them, it's already, we've already done the behind the scenes work to understand what values are and what behaviors we're looking for. And it's a really easy decision for children when they go, no, you know, am I my, this person I thought was my friend was stealing from someone or was pushing someone in the hallway or was writing mean things on social media. And those behaviors are not consistent with those values that I like of integrity or kindness or things like that. So it's easier for them to think through this solution versus us saying, yeah, I've decided you can't be friends with that person because then there's no learning process involved. If, if we make those decisions for them, they become 20, 30, 40 year olds who don't know how to decide which friends are good in their life and are not good for them. Yeah. And this is where I think as a parent, it gets really difficult because we obviously have more experience to lean on. And so we can look at kids in their lives and in their circle. And, you know, there are kids I see at school that I'm, I am always like trying to push my boys to be like, oh, be friends with them. They're so nice. And they're so, you know, they're great. I see those qualities in them, you know, those behaviors. And it doesn't always pan out. You know, my younger son, for example, there's a boy at his school that he would like to be friends with. And I totally would love him to be friends with him just with the behaviors that I've seen. But it's difficult to, in this day and age, I guess, in some 
communities to set up play dates or to get them to to get to know each other on a different level or to become, you know, closer friends. And maybe, you know, hearing you talk about what we were talking about before in the different stages of friendships as they evolve and they get older, maybe he's too young for that kind of a, a connection, but maybe down the road then he could be. But then on the other side of it too, it's, you know, seeing other friends that he does have over that I'm thinking, oh my goodness, <laughs> why are we friends with this kid again? Why is yeah, he, but, why is he back those, in the picture? <laughs> those are great questions. And so I'll have those conversations where we say, tell me what values you like in this friendship. Cause maybe I'm not seeing it. And before I get defensive, I try to get really curious with kiddos. So I'll say, tell me what you like about so-and-so. Tell me what behaviors they do that you like. Tell me what you like about that friendship. Cause they must be seeing something. And, you know, maybe it's, well, if I like this person, then I get more friends, you know, and we go, well, is that really a value? Do you want to just be friends with someone because then you're more popular? Is that, is that what's important to you? And so really having those kind of curious questions, especially when you're running into some conflict. When I work with teenagers who are, you know, that kind of quote of hanging with the wrong crowd, parents will bring them in and say, oh no, they're, you know, they're with the wrong crowd. And I'll ask the kids, tell me about this group of friends. Your, your parents really don't seem to love you hanging out with them. What do you like about them? And they'll say, well, they accept me for who I am, or they include me into things. And so that's the value. The value for them is to be included and to be acknowledged. And so what we'll do is look for other ways that they can get that. Well, who else can help you feel included? You know, whether you're joining maybe the drama team or you're going more to your, your church group outings or you know, what are some different ways that you can feel more included and that fits more with your values? I love that you bring it back to asking questions because sometimes I always say this, right? Like we, most of the time we know what the right thing is to do, but when emotions start to come into play and, you know, then our logic starts to go down a little bit and we forget like, oh, I'm supposed to ask questions because it's so easy to just be like, nope, they're not allowed to come over anymore. I heard them saying this, or, you know, I've seen them do this kind of behavior but I love that you bring us right back to asking questions and bringing them back to their values because that, like you said before, it really teaches them that this is the way that we function is that we go back to our values and does it reflect it? Yes. Or does it reflect it? No. And then make decisions going forward from there. Exactly. Yeah. And that getting curious has been really helpful for me to just say, and I really am curious. It needs to be genuine. I'll say, I am so curious about this. You have good interactions and you're very respectful but I hear your friends using really bad words. And I'm really curious as to why that you like that, because it seems to me like that's against what you stand for and get them to really turn their wheels and to think about it. Because again, if I go in and say, nope, not happening, you can't be friends with them. Guess who they want to be friends with? I mean, oh, that's who they want to have over all the time, right? Yeah. So if you can help them turn their wheels a little bit and start thinking, it really helps with this process. And I would much rather have a 10, 11, 12 year old figure out what friends are good and bad for them than have them at 20 and 30 going, I never learned how to pick the right kind of friends. And now I'm, <laughs> I got this circle around me that I just don't, I don't fit in with. Right. Yeah. That's so important. And I, and you really do a lot of work in, in helping to encourage choice. So talk to us a little bit about how we can help them make those right choices where it's not just us coming in with force. I know we talked before about bringing it back to the values, but what other things can we do to help it? kind of keep that ball in their court where they feel like they have control or it's their choice on what they're doing. Yeah. And I think anytime I go for the, and you know, sometimes force is necessary. You know, if it's, Hey, my friends are going to do something illegal. Well, force is fine to say that's not happening. Or, you know, I think there are definitely, if you've got a four-year-old who wants to run in the road, I'm not going to give you the choice of yes or no for that one. So there's certainly a limit when it comes to when we decide choice is more appropriate, but 
any time that you think they might learn something from figuring it out themselves, I like to go with choice and really keep in mind that if you're going to go in with force, they're not learning anything. What they're learning is I'm not capable of making this decision. I need someone else to make it for me. And that's, that's not always the best thing that we want to be teaching. When I hear parents say, I really would like my 20 and 30 year old to be independent and to be successful and to be likable and to be kind. Well, if, if those are the things you'd like, then we need to start learning it early by teaching them. So they need to be using this, their thinking skills of, of choice. And I think of those, you know, have you ever put your fingers in those finger traps and the more that you pull, the harder it gets. And then you just, you yes. have to like break it in half in order yes. to get your hands out. <laughs> so anytime you're using force, I want you to think about one of those things. Like really just think about, I have stuck my fingers in one of those things. And the more force I put on this, the less likely my hands are to get out of it. And that's really, you know, when I use choice, it's really you pushing your fingers together and, and letting your fingers out easier. It's so much easier down the road if you can use choice with your kids rather than saying it's this way versus that way. Oh, that's so good. And I love that you just illustrated thinking about your kids when they're 30 and and how you want them to be. I mean, of course, we all want our kids to grow up and be successful and well-rounded and find happiness and all of those things. And it is so right that we need to be teaching them now. And I love that you, you mentioned when we force it or when we're telling them this is what it is that you're doing and not giving them that choice or helping them think through it, they're not building that muscle and they're always going to be relying on someone else to come and tell them what to do or, or what, how to fix it. So that's just so brilliant. It was one of those like light bulb moments when you said that I was like, of course, <laughs> I know, of course. And, it so, and, and, I, and you know, and this, cause we can talk about it and I get it, but in the moment it's so much harder to really kind of practice it. So it really is just kind of a new, if you're growing a muscle too. So we want our children to grow this muscle, but it's a new parenting muscle. It's very easy to go nope, it's this way. Nope, it's that way. And you kind of just rule, I guess rule would be the best way of saying to rule it in, in the way that you're doing it. But it really is changing your thinking around going, force is kind of the easier way out of this one. And giving my kid choice, it's going to be harder. It's going to take more work. I have to be open to them not making the right choice. But in the long run, wow, this is really going to pay off. This is going to be very beneficial for myself and for my child. That's so great. I love that so much. I mean, I feel like it's so empowering too, both for the parent and for, well, one, I feel like it's empowering for the kids, but it's almost like a, like a relief as the mom. Like I don't have to have it all figured out. I can just ask questions and we can figure it out together. Oh yeah. And kids are remarkably good at figuring things out with you. And it's actually quite enjoyable when you go, I don't know the answer to this. Here's what I know. I know that you like these things and I see these things and I need to work with you to figure out what our best solution is, you know, and it can be as generic as that, but to just really sit down with them and go, I don't know the right answer to this. So why don't you and I work together to figure it out? So brilliant. So, so brilliant. I love that so much. Okay. So now I know one of the other things that you had mentioned that is a great resource to use in helping kids with their friendships and and relationships really with others is the Bucket Filler series. So talk to us a little bit more about what that is. Yeah, I love this series. So there's a Bucket Filler series and they have several different types of books. And one of them is Have You Filled a Bucket Today? They have bucket filling from A to Z and they have different workbooks. So if you go on, I don't even, I'm sure we can link their website in your notes, but Bucket Filler series should get you there. But they talk a lot about how each individual person has this invisible bucket. Everyone has one. And we're constantly either filling it up or taking out of people's buckets. And it's, I mean, we started this at age three and my three-year-old got it. So 
it is not really an age that you can't understand this. And I work with teenagers and we'll have this common language of saying, were you filling someone's bucket or were you taking out of their bucket? And the idea behind this is that when you do something mean, unkind, or hurtful to someone else, not only are you taking out of their bucket, but you're taking out of your own too. And I really want them to understand that when you hurt someone, it actually hurts you too. And when you help someone, it helps you too. And we know that from volunteering and giving back and helping others, it makes us feel good when we do those things. And so when we can show those values like kindness and integrity and compassion to other people, it actually fills our buckets up as well. That's so brilliant because I think so many times like the pendulum can swing one way far to one area or to the other area where it's either we're so focused on other people that we forget about ourselves or we get so focused on ourselves that we forget about other people. And hearing about this bucket filler series, it really is kind of keeping that pendulum you know, even between the two where you're focusing on other people and the way that you're treating them, but also recognizing the way that that affects your own, your own Absolutely. Self. Yeah. And I, so this goes all the way up to like teen series where they have more complexes where you can put a lid on your bucket so you can stop other people from dipping into it. And so I'll use this with my older kids and I'll say, gosh, sounds like so-and-so is not being very nice to you. It seems like it's time to put a lid on that bucket. Right. And so we talk about strategies for doing that. What are some ways that you can prevent someone from dipping into your bucket? Because you really have control over how much you allow someone to harm you when it comes to some of these relationships by choosing to engage or to not engage. And that's that choice piece again. So you have the choice to put your lid on your bucket if you're all done with this relationship. That sounds great. And I think a lot of us, even as adults, could learn a few oh lessons about lids on our bucket. <laughs> there are plenty of times where I've said, I think it's time to put a lid on this bucket. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's kind of fun to have this common language, too, because I'll even with my son or with other kids that know this, I'll go, Did you just take out of someone's bucket? And they'll look right at me like they know. They already know what's going on. Or I'll tell my son, Whoa, you filled my bucket so full today. And we just kind of get the smile that he knows that I'm talking about. So it's this cute little common language that we have with each other. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. So if you catch your son and you're like, oh, I think you might be taking from someone's bucket or, or did you just take from someone's bucket? Then do you have him like go and refill the bucket or do you just, or deposit something else back into their bucket? Or is it just more of like a, a self-realization check-in? Such a great question. So this is that retraining that brain. I'll say something like, oh man, that hurt, buddy. You really dipped into my bucket. What choices do you want to make to either fill it up or to leave it empty? Oh, I like that. So there's those choices again. So I'll say you, you can choose to keep dipping into my bucket. I'm probably going to put my lid on pretty soon because I'm really good at putting that on. You can either choose to keep trying to dip into my bucket or you can choose to try and fill it up. What do you want to do? And I'll let him have that choice. Mm, that's so great. Oh my gosh. One of the other things is that mommy with an empty bucket doesn't love going to the park and doesn't love doing fun <laughs> things. So I'll build in those things with him too. Full bucket mommy loves going to the park. So um, if, he's having, if he's really stuck on what choice to make, I'll give him a little push. I like that. That's so brilliant. So my final question I have for you is there's so much greatness in everything that you shared today. I know I'm kind of excited to put some of these things into practice. But like you had said before, it is a new muscle, even for me, learning how to do this. And I mean, gosh, parenting is always learning. But what ideas do you have for us as parents? What things can we do to help learn this and, and not fall back into our old habits? Oh, yeah. And again, it's 
you know, as much as we want our kids to change, we have to do a little changing too. I always kind of think about when you go get your tires changed on the car, you never just say, I'd like one tire, please, right? You usually change them all at the same time. It'd be kind of silly if you had three rusty tires and one brand new one. So really this process of change is everyone changing. You want your kids' interactions to change. You want your interactions to change. If you have a spouse, those interactions may change. So it's kind of all those tires changing at the same time. And so everyone can kind of be on the same page. And maybe it's as simple as starting with, I'm going to do my best to give more choices to see how my child responds to these choices. Or maybe it's as simple as, I'm going to start using some encouragement with my child. So I'm going to do a little bit more of encouraging when I see their effort for things. Gosh, you really put in a lot of effort with that friendship there, you know, really kind of outlining out some different ways that you can encourage your child to make better choices. That's so brilliant. Yeah. And even as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, I think I'm going to even have my husband just start watching some of your YouTube videos (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, as if it is going to be all four tires, I need to kind of engage him. And sometimes, you know, I get really excited about stuff and I just, you know, go full bore ahead and kind of leave him in the dust and then wonder why it doesn't always work out. So I think that that might be another great place for us to start as well. Yeah. You know, and one of the best things too, is it's kind of like that snowball that goes or that first domino that you push. It really just takes one tiny domino to fall. And then everybody else just sort of sees that it's going and how it's working. And so I'm not sure if my husband will listen to this, but I'll catch, <laughs> I'll catch him sometimes going, you know, what choices would you like to make? And I'm like, oh, he's, he's listening and he's hearing and he's watching it. And, you know, and, and I then see the, the output of that and it just goes so much better. And you know, so I think even if just one person starts modeling it, everyone else will see that, well, that's working much better than when we did it this way and start to pick up on those little pieces. So, you know, and, and I always like to come back around and go, man, when, when you and dad really worked out those choices, that seemed to go much better than if you guys were arguing or if you were fighting. So really kind of following through and saying, I'm noticing that you guys are doing something different and it seems like it's going much better. I love that. And I'm sure the positive reinforcement just helps to continue that good behavior as well of asking those questions when you see like, oh my gosh, that was not a knockout drag out fight just to try to get them to do their homework or to do whatever it is. It was much easier by giving them the choices. So true. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll, you know, let's just say not doing their homework. I might go, I'm curious as to why you're not interested in doing your homework. Let's talk about that. And then at the end, we'll come back around and go, you know, was that helpful when I asked you questions about why you didn't want to do your homework versus me just saying, you have to get it done and you have to do it. You know, it goes much better when we try and figure out the why behind it. And so kind of coming back around after the conflict is solved to really talk about that process has been helpful. Mm, So brilliant. So, so brilliant. So share with our listeners where they can learn more about you, more about your work and helping build character and, and all of the great resources that you have. So I have everything on the website. So at raisingcharacter.com, you can find the links to the YouTube videos. You'll see the character quiz that you can take. There's some links for social media. I am on Instagram mostly at Raising Character. And there I have been doing Insta stories where I'll try and pick one character skill a week. So last week we were talking all about independence and how to get your kids to do things on their own without you having to really be involved. So getting dressed for school on their own and um, I'll share simple strategies on the stories about different ways of organizing closets or charting or things like that. So if you want kind of the in the moment hands-on stuff, Instagram is the best place. And then for more of those freebies, downloadables, videos, the website raisingcharacter.com is your best resource. 
And I highly encourage everyone to go there and we'll link to everything Dr. Malin over on our show notes page at yourliferocks.com. And we'll link to the bucket series or bucket filler series as well. I mean, you guys, you have to go to her website. You have to do the quiz and watch some of the videos because I promise you just like 20 minutes in and you'll be like feeling like you are owning this mom business stuff. Like you will feel so empowered. I know that I did. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing so much wisdom so generously with our audience. And we look forward to having you back on the show again. Oh, I can't wait. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. I appreciate it. And there you have it. I hope that you had just as many light bulb moments as I did during my interview with Dr. Malin. And really, when we think about the things that she was talking about, it really is helping our kids make those choices, right? It's helping to train them, just as Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up your child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from that. And giving our kids that skill of critical thinking and making decisions based off of their own values is huge, especially when it comes to relationships with other people and building and cultivating those friendships. Now, like I said before, you can find everything about raising character over on our show notes page at yourliferocks.com. We're also linking to the bucket filler series that she mentioned. So make sure you head over there for links to everything, including her Instagram account, which I think we should all be following. Now, if you haven't done so yet, make sure that you hit subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any of our future upcoming episodes. Next week, we'll be back with our spring cleaning series with Monique Hoare, professional organizer. And she's gonna be talking to us about the importance of spending time to organize our master bedroom. And again, it's gonna be very practical. She's gonna walk us through step-by-step as if she was your personal organizer and this is a space in your house that you wanna tackle. So until then... Keep building a life that rocks. Bye. Just because the episode's over doesn't mean that we have to stop hanging out. Of course, you can follow me over on Instagram at your.life.rocks or hop on over to Facebook, search Your Life Rocks and find our Facebook community. It is full of working Christian moms just like you looking to redefine what balance means in their life and take action to make it so. Now, if you are looking for more, if you are ready to go deeper, to really create the systems to bring more balance into your life and help you clear the chaos, I invite you to join Life Balance Membership. You can go to lifebalancemembership.com to learn more or upgrade right inside of the Your Life Rocks app. You can find that on iTunes or Google Play. Looking for more resources? Head on over to yourliferocks.com.